Good morning, guys. We are picking back up this week with uh, Philippians chapter 2, and I'm excited to do so. I I think that this chapter is one of my very f- favorite chapters of Scripture, and the the opening part of this chapter, the first 11 verses or so, are, I just think it's absolutely just eloquent and exquisite and just amazing language. It's a, a, I believe, a hymn of sorts once we get get into the, you know, the fifth, sixth verse and on. Um, It's just an amazing passage, this whole chapter. So I'm excited for this week. Um, It opens up, I'm going to start this week with just the first four verses. I am tempted to go really slow, but we'll we'll bog down if I do that. So we'll, we'll take the first four verses today, and then we'll wade our way through from there. Um, So here's what it says. It says, uh, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. <clears throat> so Paul has transitioned from this, uh, the ending of, of chapter one, where he's saying, you know, hey, here's the external issues of your, of your walk in Christ that ought to be in line. Uh, so now I'm going to shift in chapter two to some internal considerations. And he gets it three three rhetorical questions that are really emphatic. In fact, I would translate them a little different than we have them here as I just read them. And he says, you know, hey, is, have you gotten any encouragement from being united with Christ? Have you gotten any comfort from his love? Have you received any fellowship with the Spirit? Any tenderness and compassion? And I would read them this way. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, and you do, if you have any compassion or any comfort from his love, and you do, if any fellowship with the Spirit, and of course you do, if you any tenderness and compassion, and you do, then make my joy complete. And I, I think this is just such a beautiful, like I said, so eloquently written and so forceful um, that it just casts a wide net that no one who is a Christian could read this and say, well, he's not talking to me. He, he, this, is, this captures all of us. If you have any encouragement from being in Christ, <laughs> if you have any comfort from his love, if you have any fellowship by virtue of the witness of the Holy Spirit that you're a child of God, if you have any tenderness and compassion within you as a result of all of this, then here's what I'm asking you to do. Make my joy complete. Do something for me. Here's my request. I want you to become one with one another. I want unity. I want you to be like-minded, the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. And then he says, if we're going to do that, then there are some things we're going to have to consider about the way we conduct ourselves inside of this thing we call the body of Christ, fellowship of believers, the church, you know, however you want to describe it. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Oof. 
Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. <laughs> I mean, that's a high, high bar. And I recognize that if we get too legalistic about this, uh, we'll all just give up. Paul is saying here that this, this has to be our aim, um, that, that, that the most significant uh, mortal enemy of unity in the church amongst believers would be selfish ambition. That if I start to get after my own concerns or my vain conceit, which is essentially, I want you to see me. I want notor- I want to be noticed. I want to be, I want to be lauded for my gifts. I want to be. Uh, I can't do anything if people don't see it and celebrate it. Um, and if I have those things governing my my relationship within the body of Christ, then I will never, uh, there'll never be unity because I will only be seeking what's best for me and never what's best for everyone. Certainly not what's best for you because you would be my competition. And so um, these are, I mean, it's just so straightforward. Um, Each of you should look not only to your own interest, which I think is a great concession that um, it's proper it's, it's proper to have interest, self-interest. It's proper to be concerned for your own well-being and, and, uh, and to care for yourself. But it's only proper to the extent that you have the same concern for the interests of other people. I would even say that once you get inside of the deeper relationships of like my marriage, it becomes proper for me to put Carol's interests above my own, before my own. It's, it becomes proper for me when I get into loving relationships with, with people to lay my life down. Greater love has no man than this, that he lay, he lay his life down for his brother. Um, it's, this is a significant, beautiful bar of walking with Jesus that we would begin to think less and less about the things that... Um, that we might have otherwise lived our entire lives trying to get for ourselves, that we might lay those things down in the, in the greater interest of being one in spirit and purpose with brothers and sisters in Christ. And Paul is saying that I don't expect this of all of you. I only expect it from those of you who have received encouragement from being united with Christ and comfort from his love and fellowship with his spirit. And I only expect this from those of you who have any tenderness and compassion and, um, you know, it becomes kind of a, it's almost becomes a joke, um, because we recognize as we read through the first, these first four verses that we're caught, that each of us, uh, our lives should represent this, but there might be some sort of frustration, some sort of question that rises up in our mind that says, how in the world would I ever live this way? How in the world could I ever actually do this? How could this ever be accomplished by anyone? And that's a perfect cliffhanger um, to lead us into tomorrow's devotion. So um, I'll leave it right there and just say, you know, read these four verses on your own and ask the Lord to begin to show you the areas of your life where you, maybe you do have some selfish ambition and vain conceit that is governing you and that's preventing you from being one in in uh, spirit and purpose with the body of Christ. And so I thank you, Jesus, for your word and for this uh, simple devotion this morning. I thank you for this letter 
it is so incredible. It's so much joy within it, and there's so much depth in it. And so, Father, we, we pray that you would give us encouragement from being united with you, comfort from your love, fellowship with your spirit. You would fill us with tenderness and compassion, and that we would be one with one another, that we would surrender our selfish ambition in vain conceit, and in humility consider others better than ourselves. That would be a huge work. Do it in us today, Jesus. Amen. And Maranatha.